You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Have you thought about buying a vacation property and putting it on the short-term rental market, but aren't quite sure how to go about that? I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Our guests today, Brian Marks and Jimmy Woodard, bought their first short-term rental property just six months ago. It's been so successful that they're doing it again, but this time across the country in Miami. And they're here to give us some tips on what they've learned. Hey, Jimmy and Brian, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Thank you. Thank you for hosting us. Let's just first talk about the short-term rental business. A year ago, there was a lot of concern that Airbnb wasn't even going to make it. And right. I don't know if those were just scary headlines. But today, I think it's been busier than ever for Airbnbs and short-term rentals and verbos and, and everything else out there. So how did you guys get started? And let's just start with that. Well, how did you get started in short-term rentals? Brian, yeah. you want to take it away? Yeah, thank you, Kathy, for the question. Great to be on the, the show. Um, so yeah, Jimmy and I uh, actually met a long time ago, 10 years ago in college. Um, and we actually started doing short-term rentals before Airbnb was a thing. I know some people don't remember that far back, but we went to Tahoe a lot, Lake Tahoe in California. And uh, we loved it. We had a great experience. We always kind of had aspirations to have our own that we could use in our spare time and then ultimately make that into a revenue vehicle for us to generate income, um, passive income, which is kind of, in our opinion, the best, some of the best kinds of income. So uh, we uh, ultimately were talking about it for years. And then recently we made the plunge uh, late last year. Late last year. Okay. Yeah, we're still we're still new. So we started back in, in December of last year where everything came full circle and we got our first property in Tahoe to help other people also invest in short-term rentals because we want to spread wealth as far as we can through our through our uh, our business model. Well, okay, you didn't exactly pick uh, the cheapest market and you also uh, yes. didn't exactly pick a down market. <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> that could have been the, the hardest time to buy vacation property in a place like Lake Tahoe. So how did you get that first property? Yeah, it was actually, it's funny you mentioned that because there were multiple properties that we bid on that we got outbid. And it was a very frustrating process, but what ended up happening was we came across this company called Fly Homes. I don't know if your audience is familiar with them, but they help you convert your, your conventional offer into an all-cash offer. And they, at the time, didn't even uh, exist in the Tahoe market, so we had to cold email the CEO and beg him, can you help us uh, get a property because we kept getting outbid. But it worked out where the very first time that we worked with Fly Homes, our offer, even though it wasn't the, the the most money that was offered, because it was an all-cash offer, we were able to purchase the property. So I would definitely recommend them to all of your listeners for anyone that going through that same frustrating process, keeps getting outbid. Flyhomes yeah. is a great partner uh, that we worked with. Oh, that's that's wonderful. So uh, did you, but you had to have the down payment or mm -hmm. it, so it's, they kind of put up the rest of the money for you so that it's cash and then you get, you finance it after? Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, are, are you guys from the San Francisco Bay Area? Yeah. It's just like this tech hub of awesomeness where there's just something new happening, <laughs> something <laughs> coming online all the time. I don't know if you know, but uh, I won this award with Goldman Sachs of 100 top 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs, which was really cool. Oh, nice. but I sat I sat at a table in 2012 with these two young guys 
who were telling me about this new business they had. And it was basically, they were so tired of trying to get a taxi, you know, and I think, you know, where uh -huh. I'm going. No, I don't. I don't know if you remember days before Uber, but uh, okay, fine, I do. But in San Francisco, you know, if you were to bar at two a.m. and you needed a taxi because you did need a taxi because you shouldn't be driving it from a bar at two a.m. Right, right. after drinking, you'd wait hours. You know, <laughs> and so these guys are literally standing on the corner watching these cars go by, thinking, "I just want to jump in one of those." And as they were standing on the corner, they came up with the concept for Uber. So you know, and yeah, I got I to. That. meet them at the very beginning i didn't even know what it was but it, it just it's just really cool to see that kind of ride sharing and now um house sharing which i think is what you guys are doing now so it's only been about six months but how's that um how's that vacation rental performing yeah it's been doing great so you know kind of back to that tech story that we do have kind of a lot of tech background both jimmy and i myself being kind of more on the engineering technical side and jimmy being more on the sales we um we did lean a lot into that and one thing that was really helpful and just for you know your listeners or viewers out there um there's plenty of tools called like machine learning tools where basically they're really good at predicting how much a home will do on these short-term rentals whether it's vrbo airbnb so we knew pretty definitively that we could build a pro forma right out the gate and um, actually kind of hit really good numbers and, and really feel confident that we're going to get, get get great ROI from the property. So um, we jumped in there and did that initially, and it's been doing great. It's actually exceeded it by we've added a lot of amenities that have proven to improve the the outcome of the home and have like you know a great experience and something ultimately that we wanted. Two things that kind of come to mind are one, we added a hot tub to the property, so it's always great to be in the snow and then kind of just be in the hot tub. It's, it's really nice uh, <laughs> to have. And then the other it's thing a that- must. Oh, it's a must. And then uh, we added like a little movie theater room too. That was very comfortable seating and kind of a bar area. Cause I know, especially during COVID people just want to be with their, with their bubble and with their friends and family, and they don't really necessarily want to go out. So we did add kind of a bar lounge area into the house. So it felt like um, you could stay home and be safe while still having a good time. So we had a lot of those amenities and they really, they paid off uh, quite a bit. Do you think that's going to continue? Because I think a lot of people forgot there was a COVID. <laughs> like, it's crazy out there. My daughter was showing me pictures of San Diego and uh, there was no sign of anyone staying home. Yeah, so, you know, that revenge spending, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's full time. force right now. Yeah. So, but uh, but I imagine no matter what kind of what's going on, people like having hot tubs and bars in, in, a, in a proper in a vacation home. Um, so how now one of the sites you mentioned or one of the technologies is it air dna is it mm -hmm. air dna is that the one you use mm -hmm. and and you can become a member there and kind of get a lot of data on um on vacancy rates and and what the average you know house is getting right we we've used that before that was really yeah, helpful yeah a very very helpful tool because you don't want to go in blind thinking that you buy a property here it's going to do so well because it's in a popular city but it's not near any attraction or it's just in a bad zone and you waste all your money because you didn't do the research up front. So we made sure to, you know, uh, to do the, the right homework before we invested in our first property. And we did the same thing for our second property, which we're going to launch in Miami here pretty soon. Oh, that's so cool. I had the founder of AirDNA on the show and I didn't really 
hadn't heard of it and I didn't understand the value of it at the time. So I was confused, but I think it's really taken off since then. Um, all right. So let's talk about Miami then, because uh, uh, we, we started Airbnb business uh, during COVID too, and it has been really successful, but nice. it's just a little guest house right on our property. And if my house cleaner doesn't show up, well, I can, I can change the sheets, you know, I can take care of it. Um, so and, and not that that happens very much, but there's something really scary to me about owning a rental property, a vacation rental so far away. Although I'm sure there's all kinds of <laughs> management companies there for that. Rich and I are, are really seriously thinking about doing it in a ski area, um, you know, for, so we can use it when we want and mm -hmm. other people can pay for it when we're not using, um, how do you manage it when it's across the country like that? Yeah, so uh, we do, uh, you know, back to the technology, um, kind of uh, everything to a hammer and a nail type of situation. Uh, we use um, quite a little bit, but ultimately it comes down to having a really good team in place of folks that you trust. And the, the two more most important components are your maid service. Um, so, you know, them you know, having a really good relationship with them and trusting them a lot. And uh, then also having a really good couple of handy uh, people uh, on a deck. So, um, you know, they can kind of, the maids kind of act as the eyes and ears a little bit. They, they do their job. Um, and then you do, we did cycle through a few. So it took a little bit. It's kind of like, you know, a little bit of like a relationship. We were dating for a little bit and ultimately didn't work out. And then we find, we found a really great company that we work with in Tahoe. Um, and so that's been super fruitful for us and really automated a lot of the process. Beyond that, we do use some little gadgets here and there. Some are, um, like our biggest concern is making sure the, the neighbors have also kind of a good experience because that's probably the hardest part about owning a short-term rental is honestly what the neighborhood takes into that and, you know, what's your impression in the community there. You really don't want to be a kind of negative uh, uh, area in the community. So you really want to treat those neighbors well, and that's something we really strive to do. So um, another part of that is noise sensors. We have noise sensors throughout the property so we can tell if they are being a little bit loud. We can just kind of ping them or let them know, hey, you know, it's we, we did pick up that you guys might get a complaint soon if you kind of keep it up and beyond that you know we have um some like outdoor bell cameras to make sure that you know trash is accounted for in the right place tahoe for example is has a lot of wildlife and uh, you don't want any bears kind of coming oh, out yes. of trash which is you know like being a city person you wouldn't think that that's a major thing but in tahoe they take it very seriously and we do as well to have uh um, everything in the bear box kind of locked away. So no bears are, um, at your front door. <laughs> so oh, not just at your front door. I mean, my sister lived in incline for many years and there was one morning she was, um, turned around, there was a bear in her living room and she oh. jumped up on the counter and like, you know, wow. them away, but they have to tell the tale, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But she also went out into the refrigerator in the garage and all the chocolates that she had handmade were gone mm -hmm. and the lasagna because they do like, uh, they do like our food. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's really, that's super helpful. I don't know if you know, but there was a really just a horrible tragedy in, in Malibu where a woman, uh, and there's very, very strict uh, uh, short-term rental laws in Malibu where you actually have to live there. That's why mm -hmm. I'm allowed to do it. Uh, so let's start with the the first question of how how do you get a you know do you is part of the research finding a place where you don't have to live there to own it correct correct yeah, so okay. yeah we we do that research and it's it's pretty simple you can just type in city plus Airbnb laws and then you'll see a bunch of uh, references that come up to make sure that you know you're following the rules because our job is not to put up illegal properties it's just to make sure that we're uh, complying with the the local rules around short term rentals and and uh, things of that nature. 
Yeah. So you know, I th- they had passed this ordinance. At least I believe this is what it is in LA County that um, that you can rent something on your property, but you got to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a woman in in Malibu rented out her home for the weekend. In the summer, you can make so much money. So a lot of people have done that for years. Just these short term rentals over the summer, and that pays for. They're living in Malibu oh, yes. for the rest of the year, That's right? Because right? right. it's so expensive. So she rented it out. Well, you know, these young kids kind of rented it. They they said there was just six of them. There ended up being about 40. Um, the neighbors called her and said, hey, you know, there's like 40 people um, at, at the house and they're on the balcony. And she was on the phone with them for hours. Well, the balcony collapsed. Uh, so wow. I don't know if you you saw that, but um, you know these young nobody died, which is great, but uh, young people were hurt, and now she's got lots and lots and lots of lawsuits. Uh, so that's another thing that really scares me about you know at least if it's where I live and I I I, I say on the description we're here, you know, mm-hmm. so like no parties because we'll know. Um, but my daughter, who's it. I won't say it was my daughter, but her friends very, very regularly tell a different story to the Airbnb host to say they're, of course. they're a Bible study group, and then it's the fraternity, and then and then there's a hundred kids. So you know, how do you again? You said the um, the monitoring, the sound monitoring, monitoring. Can they turn that off, or like, what about cameras? Can you have can you have cameras? I know you can't probably inside, but. Well, the ring. So that's another tool that we we put to use. So we have a, a ring doorbell camera. So that's the easy way for us to to monitor who comes in and who comes out, and in a way that's that's you know not invasive because we're we're not trying to invade people's privacies here. And then the other thing is you know we on Airbnb, and I know you can do the same on our VRBO as well. You can select what type of guests that you want. So if somebody has zero reviews, and something that we recently talked about because of 4th of July. So if someone has zero reviews, you can actually screen that out in terms of guests that are allowed in your, in your uh, property. So there are different ways that, that we try to get around it. And then, of course, the last one is having uh, short-term rental insurance separate from homeowner's insurance because you need a little bit more to some of these points that you're making to make sure that you cover your bases in, in having a, an Airbnb. So you just call your insurance company and let them know you're doing, you're doing the short-term rentals? There are actually specific uh, pro- insurance companies. So Proper and CBiz are two in the, in the space. And then you don't necessarily need both. So if, you, if you're solely using it as a uh, short-term rental like we are in our case, and we just go with uh, CBiz is the, the company that we work with currently. Okay. Um, I was told that Airbnb offers like a million-dollar policy. Do you know much about that and if it's any good? We know about it. If it's good, we haven't, thankfully, we haven't had to, to <laughs> take advantage it. of that. Exactly. We haven't tested out. But we, we just want to cover our bases, too, just in case there are things that Airbnb doesn't cover. Okay. All right. Um, and then you mentioned that there's ways to save on rehab costs by doing it yourself. I'm sure I wouldn't be qualified to do it myself. But what, what kind of tips do you have? Uh, so rehab costs, yeah, that's can be a huge part of, you know, a huge cost to, to the business. And like, if you're setting your own Airbnb, that can be the, almost the majority cost of getting the house ready. Um, you kind of have to know when to pick your battles as far as with um, doing the work yourself. My recommendation is, uh, you know, get a lot of price quotes from folks, but try to be kind of like almost a general contractor in a way if you have time, especially if it's a very 
very much a transactional nature. And, and like, for example, like, let's say you're insulating uh, a room and, um, you know, you could go and try to, you know, tear apart part of the drywall and do yourself and put insulation in there to make, you know, you know, better heating. Um, but there's also plenty of services that'll charge you, you know, a thousand bucks to go through and drill holes. And then they pump this special material in there and, and they walk you through it. And it's very much transactional nature, like, uh, you know, it's commodity. Um, so you can definitely find subcontractors that will do a really good job for a very affordable price, but it really kind of depends on what it is. And some like painting, for example, is it's going to be very expensive because it's just the man hours. Like you can only paint so fast. And that's something that almost anyone can do. You can even have a painting party with some friends and order some pizza. And you know, you guys can all paint together. I, uh, you guys are really close friends and they're maybe staying at your house for free. Um, so there's lots of uh, fun ways to kind of approach it, but for the most part, anything in the interior, that's not going to be very sophisticated, like, you know, um, patching some drywall or potentially, you know, putting together some furniture is, is something you can, you can definitely do yourself, but you, you might want to start to look at contractors if it's getting more and more so, you know, sophisticated on the inside. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, my goal would be to not, <laughs> you know, just have it be completely hands off. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about property management companies for short-term rentals and how do you find a good one? Well, the great thing is we actually do it ourselves. So one of the one of the things that, that we tell everyone is that if you have the time, which honestly it's five, 10 hours per week, so not a huge commitment, if you have the time, you can do it. If you want to completely get rid of, of that, uh, that responsibility, then you should be prepared to give away a huge chunk of, of, your, of your money. Because for the most part, property management companies are going to charge you anywhere from 15 to 25% of your top line so not not profits just everything that you gross they're taking 15 to 25 percent and there are a lot of of, of good ones in the the space so i mean you can you can google and find a lot of options but just make sure that you know you're not just paying for someone to to essentially help you with with answering people on on these different platforms because you could do that yourself so make that's sure there's a part yeah, yeah that's exactly so there has to be some value add whether that's increased bookings or you know consultations to help you increase your revenue with different amenities that you can add to your property, so we do that ourselves. But you know you can you can easily find someone if you are looking to just completely offload that time to somebody else. Okay, so you can you can definitely do it yourself, and I agree with that. It's it's not too time consuming, although you can get an assistant too that would be much cheaper. Um, I know Jay Martin. Uh, I think he's got assistance in the Philippines or something. I, I'm not sure I could be making that up, but, um, but there are ways to get people to handle that for you. Although, like you said, it doesn't take a lot of time, but how would, would it make sense to maybe hire a cleaning company so that if mm -hmm. your housekeeper's sick, some, they send somebody else, you know, there's, there's like, would, if you're trying to do that seems like it would make sense. Correct. Yeah. And then um, screening, I think you said something about if they don't have a profile, they don't have reviews, they don't have a photo. How do you pass on somebody? I, I mean, are there fair housing laws around that? Or, I mean, you just say, no, I, I don't want, you can't rent it. I mean, yeah, I mean at the end of the day, it's your, it's your property, right? So we, at least for Airbnb, we do instant booking, but they have a feature where you can, like, they have to request a book prior to being able to instant book. So we, we understand we're running a business and, and, you know, money is money, but we want to make sure that we're responsible 
with the guests that, that we uh, take in, onto our property. Yeah. Another thing to think about that on that point real quick is that it's a very seasonal business, right? So you have peak seasons and you have, you're going to have your slow seasons. And so you can be much pickier during peak seasons. That's also on like a lot of the, you know, parties tend to be and like a lot of the people tend to, you know, cutting loose, so to speak, over like the holiday weekends. So you can be much pickier about who you let into the house and for how much um, during that time. And like one really effective strategy is during peak season, you're actually, you know, you have set very, you know, high pricing and you, you try to, uh, maximize those days the most and you'd be very selective about who you let in the house and during the slow season um there's there's going to be less issues and a lot of times there's also less people too so you can be a little bit or you should be much more competitive during the slow season lower your rates a little bit maybe have instant booking um, but you really have to play to the seasons because you will generate the majority of your income during peak seasons i see so what you're saying is if i want to break the rules and have a massive party i should do it off season <laughs> <laughs> just not in our place as long as it's you know your party yes anyone else's party uh, no. <laughs> okay perfect i'll invite you guys in. that's right only a captain party <laughs> all right um all right any last tips i mean i know you guys have a, a started a business the tool that i recommend everyone uh, for pricing you can do either beyond pricing or wheelhouse. Make sure you utilize one of these tools. They only take 1% of your revenue, so it's, it's next to nothing because otherwise you're leaving money on the table if you try to price yourself. So I would highly, highly recommend if you get into the short-term rental space, utilize a pricing tool because you're leaving money on the table otherwise. Yeah, and the pricing tool is super effective for us because it's going to look at everyone else in the market, everyone else in the area and set a very reasonable rate. You should still double check those. I work with a lot of machine le uh, learning engineers and they're smart guys and girls, but they're, you know, they're not, uh, they don't have the final say all the time. So definitely check the data, but um, uh, it's a great tool for really knowing, you know, where the market should be and how to really maximize your income because, you know, occupancy doesn't necessarily translate to more revenue. Revenue. You could have, you know, 100% occupancy, but you could be leaving money on the table and a lot of cases and so you want to optimize for even lower especially lower occupancy rate for higher revenue so definitely want to check out some of these tools jimmy mentioned okay all right well thank you so much uh brian and jimmy for being here on the real wealth show i love inspiring other people showing that you can you know what you, you can you can do this you can do this that's right. right. Thank you for hosting us, Kathy. Thanks so All much. Right. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you don't know already, at realwealthshow.com, we have a list of property providers nationwide in the hottest markets in the country who offer long-term rental properties with property management in place and also short-term rentals in the Florida area mostly. And you can get referrals to those teams and um, just like thousands of our members at Real Wealth Network and get lots and lots of information, free webinars at realwealthshow.com. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.